The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2, at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Current. For all your equipment financing needs, go currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're streaming here on ESPN Lincoln, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio. Longtime friend of the show and uh, college football insider and author of Dynasty by the Numbers, Brad Edwards, back with us. Get some thoughts from him on the college football playoff. He's known that world well for a while and uh, some of the coaching carousel thoughts that exist brad good to spend time with you how are you uh, i'm doing well chris uh it, it's been a long time since we chatted and uh unfortunately not much has changed in nebraska football since the last time we chatted except for the head coach but uh i'm rooting for you man it's just uh, i uh i don't know when it's going to happen but I, I know it is possible it is possible, and hopefully they'll get there. You know, and we talked before Ireland back in August, and Elijah and I are both we're somewhere in the middle between, man, this, you blink and it's already eight games into the season, but it, it's felt like 100 years <laughs> this season. They did win a close game, though. They won a couple. So, a couple, yeah, a couple A couple, in a row. okay. So, so I remember the first one. I was like, hey, wait, wait, how did that happen? Uh, Mickey Joseph, so, baby. You know, baby steps. Well, for Brad, let me get your take though on on just Nebraska football as a whole. It's it's it feels like it's maybe starting to trend upwards, but just what's your take from a national perspective? I think me as a as a as a Nebraskan sitting here, I've been rooting for Tennessee this year because they've been down in the mud for so long that it's good to see them kind of reclaim hope, their right? former glory. Yeah. It gives Nebraska fans some hope. Yeah, exactly as you say. What's the national perspective on Nebraska? Well, is, has this finally reached the point where you know a college football neutral from around the country is, is starting to root for Nebraska? To, to get this thing right again? Oh, I, I think Nebraska has been in that spot for a few years now where, you know, the younger generation doesn't remember Nebraska being great. And they, there wouldn't, you know, be a, 
any any type of tendency to root against them because they've won too much. You know, I, I think this would be a team that even the national media would embrace very quickly. I mean, it's like how everybody always wants Texas to be back, you know, and they win one big game. It's like, oh, Texas Not here. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, Nebraska's just got to win a big game, right? Like, it's just, if, if, if they can do it, I think a lot of people will be rooting for them to succeed. And I think Tennessee is a good example of, of what we've, we've probably talked about a few times over the years, which is that if you look at college football, a lot of times between, you know, number 10 in the nation and number 60, there's not that big of a gap. It's just really small stuff that separates those teams. And and it's just doing the little things and doing them consistently well. And obviously Nebraska has, has been one of those teams that did the little things very poorly uh, for, for many years in a row now. And, and that's why they are where they are. But you look at how many games they've had a chance to win against top 25 opponents in recent years, and it, just, it tells you they're not that far off. Um, but but I do believe this. If you're going to get to where Tennessee is right now, and Tennessee's not there by fluke. Obviously, they have a win over Alabama. Um, they have been blowing out bad teams all season, which is what a really good team is supposed to do. But if you're going to get to where they are and not just in the top 25 and, and, and linger in the top 25 all season, if you want to have a chance to make a run, you've got to be able to recruit at a high level. And And when I say recruit, the good news is these days, that includes the transfer portal. And, and so you don't necessarily have to go out and sign a, a bunch of five stars out of high school. If you can get the right guys out of the portal uh, who can help you at, at certain key positions, uh, that could be enough. But um, you've you got to have overall kind of at least four-star level talent. And I think that's where that line so often gets drawn between the haves and the have-nots is, is the ability to get those players consistently. Brad Edwards with us here on Hale Varsity Radio at J. Brad Edwards. Well, you uh, know the SEC well. You know Mickey Joseph from his LSU days. And what Mickey's been able to do in the portal uh, is get a guy like Casey Thompson. He's really dinged up, so he's not likely available Saturday. Nebraska was leading a Top 25 opponent last weekend till he went down. Trey Palmer's a five-star that was at LSU that came to Lincoln. And uh, and then you have a former Florida State running back in Grant. So Mickey was instrumental in short order in bringing the skill talent here. Nebraska's been problematic, Brad, on the lines of scrimmage. Uh, so there's that in the Big Ten. But your take on Mickey... And just from afar, I know he's the interim coach, but there's a push by a lot of fans that that want him as the permanent coach. Now, that's cooled a bit after Illinois, but uh, you've you've seen a lot of instances where the interim guy is popular till he's not. Well, and and unfortunately, I can't think of too many examples where the interim guy turned out to be the right choice. Dabo would be one. Um, and and Dabo was a guy when he was named head coach. I, I didn't I did or named interim. I didn't think there was any chance he was going to get the job full time. Um, so you know you, you will find some, but I think most most of the cases where there is an interim coach who is hired, it turns out to be the wrong choice. And but you never know. Uh, and and that's the thing about it. You know I, what are they looking for? What's Trev looking for? I, I don't. I don't know if he's set on somebody, you know, having head coaching experience, having head coaching experience um, at the FBS level, at the Power Five level, um, or is he willing to take a chance on on someone who 
um, just loves Nebraska. He wants and, a builder. And obviously can, can recruit. And, and there are a lot of different ways you could go with this, but ultimately that's what it's going to come down to is who he and whoever else may be, you know, I, I don't know who else has a say in this, uh, how much power Trev has overall in the, in the hire, but, um, but it's, um, you know, that's, that's really, you know, what it is, is, is it, what, is, what are his base criteria? What are, what are the bare minimums that he's looking for? And, and, uh, you know whether whether Joseph's a candidate right now. Um, it, 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 it he might already be eliminated. It depends on what Trev's looking for. So um, so that's kind of where we are, and there's really no way to know that without him saying it. But um, um, I, I, I think he has certain certain basic traits that that are very attractive to you. But at the same time, um, everybody feels a lot better if if a coach is one. But but. I mean, your last coach had gone undefeated. Mm, no, <laughs> had gone undefeated and had a team ranked in the top five um, at the end of the season, and uh, and that didn't work out. So there's no method is foolproof. Well, Brad, really fast here, if you don't mind me jumping in, Schmitty, if you were in the AD chair right now, which hire or which couple of guys would you be looking at here for, for this Nebraska job? I know there, there's not any guy out there that comes with no risk whenever you ask him to lead the program. But, but what guys do you think have maybe the least amount of risk in terms of getting this Husker football program turned around? Well, I haven't really thought about it specific to Nebraska, but what I would tell you is this, is, is that whether it's the head coach or the offensive coordinator, you need someone who's going to be imaginative on offense, uh, who, who knows how to scheme, because in the Big Ten, at least at the beginning, you're going to have some – personnel mismatches on the wrong side like if, you, if you're going to compete with some of those teams over in the east not necessarily the west but in the east you, you're going to have to find a way to beat teams that have better players than you do and and that's going to take um that's going to take some very creative offense you know aside from that um it, it's it's someone who has the ability to bring kids in and and get them to love Nebraska without having grown up really knowing Nebraska. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. that's, it, it's at the point now where, as, as we said, it's been so long that you're, you're not going to have, uh, as you know, you're, you're not going to have many kids in the state who are at that four- or five-star level coming out of high school. You're not going to be able to build a program around players from Nebraska and bordering states. It, you're you're going to need to you know, go out west, go south, uh, maybe go east. Um, I know Alabama, I mean uh, I know Nebraska's gotten a lot of really good players uh, out of out of the east over the years. So you you can go out and uh and and grab guys from different places, but it's just you got to have someone who has the ability um to sell Nebraska's potential because unfortunately that's what it is right now. We now now we're selling potential. We're not selling actual results. Um but it's been done, you know? I mean, look, if you look at, at Tennessee, um Sure, Tennessee has a great history, too. Not at the level Nebraska does, but it's got a good history. Um, but you could look at Tennessee and say, hey, they have to play Alabama and Georgia every single year. <laughs> every single year. Why would you take that job? Why would you think that you could win there because you're not going to out-recruit those two? Uh, and, and yet, at least for one year, Josh Heupel's looking pretty good doing it. It doesn't mean he'll succeed long-term. Um, but that's the type of thing that you've got, to, you've got to be able to find someone who sees that vision in spite of whatever the odds may be and, and is excited to take that job. And, um, and I, like I said, I don't know who it is, mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think you do have to think outside the box a little bit because I don't think the, the most proven guys out there are going to have Nebraska near the top of their list. Brett Edwards with us. Trev's vision is somebody that can build line of scrimmage, develop, and then yeah. go get some yeah. of the, the skill. And Mickey can bring the skill. He's an incredible recruiter. Brad, names I'm going to throw at you as far as that, that, that may be looking or leave or get approached with a big old fat blank check. O'Brien, Aranda, Leipold, and then Stoops at Kentucky. Could any of those fit in Lincoln? Um, I'm not crazy about O'Brien. I assume you're talking about Bill O'Brien. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I've just seen with him at Alabama, um, he has, let's put it this way, I, I think he's more influenced by his time in the NFL than his time in, in college. Okay. And, uh, and I, I don't think that style of, of offense is, is what Nebraska needs right now. Um, who, who else did you say you said Leipold? Leipold at Kansas, Aranda at Baylor, and then, and then Stoops at Kentucky. Uh, I mean, I'll say this. I am, I am a firm believer in Mark Stoops. Um, he, has, he has built and sustained at a place where nobody since Bear Bryant in the 50s has been able to sustain anything. So um, the, the question is, you know, would he consider Nebraska a place where he has a real chance to, to do something? I mean, realistically, at, at Kentucky, they're, they're half the conference you're not going to be able to out-recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there a better chance to do that at Nebraska? Sure. Um, but, but is it so much better that it would be worth making a move? I mean, he's in a really comfortable spot where no one's expecting him to win 10 games um, but um, I, I think I think I, I haven't gone through this exercise lately. But I, I might consider Mark Stoops a top ten coach in college football. Um, Leipold, I tell you, you got to like what you've seen in a short amount of time that he's been a head coach. Um, it's just you know after the Scott Frost thing, I, I just think I want to see somebody do it for a little bit more sure. um, than than to just buy into you know someone who maybe caught lightning in a bottle. Although he's done it at two schools, which is better than one. And then Aranda, I tell you what, um, I'm, I'm becoming more and more convinced that Dave Aranda knows what he's doing. He hasn't been there a long time either, but, man, he lost a lot and, and has kept that thing going. And, and, and it was somewhat of a mess when he took it over as well. So, so um, uh, those, are, those are good names. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think, I think outside of O'Brien, I, I really like all those names. And if you get, can get one of them, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Brad Edwards with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Brad, about three minutes left here. Let's sneak in some college football playoff thoughts before we get you out. Your reaction, Clemson sneaking in ahead of Michigan into the top four of the first college football playoff rankings. Uh, not surprising, just knowing what the committee looks at. And, and you know, Clemson has a couple wins over teams the committee has ranked at the, the, the back end of their top 25. And, and they're just trying to make a statement about schedule strength. Obviously, you know, Michigan's got to play Ohio State uh, down the road and um, you know, the Penn State game was in Ann Arbor, so um, I, I get it. Now, um, who would I take to win if those two, two, excuse me, those two teams played? I'd take Michigan right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I would probably also take uh, <laughs> a whole lot of teams over teams that they're ranked behind. So and that's, that's not really the way the committee's looking at it. That's not what they're doing. Uh, but, uh, you know, to me, I, I, I tell you what, here, let me just say this since we've only got a couple minutes left. 
every year when the, the first rankings come out, we always look for these like nightmare scenarios, the, the train wreck that the committee is going to have to deal with. And this is mine. This is what I want to see happen. <laughs> I want Georgia. I want Georgia to lose one game, whether that's to Tennessee this weekend or the SEC championship. I want Georgia to be a one-loss team that is not a conference champion, and I want Oregon to run the table. And I want to hear people across the country attempt mental gymnastics <laughs> to convince themselves and convince others that Oregon deserves to be in the playoff over a team that has the same number of losses and beat them by 46 points. I mean, I can promise you if that happens, there will be people who will convince themselves and will try to justify that in some way Oregon is a better team than Georgia. And it's absolutely laughable, but that's where we are. And this is why everybody wants a 12-team playoff, so you don't have to deal with scenarios like that. But that's, that's what I'm hoping for. That's the, that's, that's the train wreck for me because, in my mind, I don't, I don't care if Georgia's the third choice out of the SEC. You have to put them in before you can put Oregon in. Brad, 10 seconds. Where are you leaning Tennessee at Georgia minus eight dogs? Tell you what, I'm I, I'm lean I'm leaning Tennessee. I really okay. am. Um, I, I like what they do offensively, and I think I think Georgia has some weaknesses defensively that haven't been exposed. I don't think they're as good defensively as they were last year. Uh, well, I know they're not, but I don't think they're as close as people think that they are. Brad Edwards, college football insider at J Brad Edwards on Twitter. Brad, we'll do this again, man. We'll give you a holler here, and thanks for talking some college ball with us. All right, great talking to you guys again. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. There he is, Brad Edwards. Evan Bland, uh, the quarterback merry-go-round. We'll get into that next.